The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, so many comments coming in on EVs. Every time we talk about them, people are exercised. Um, one giving us a piece of information heat pumps on some EVs will help cold weather battery issues. Another one is it not a false environmental economy if we're all driving electric vehicles? that are charged with power created by the burning of fossil fuels. And indeed, that uh, would be the case. But uh, often the majority of our uh, electricity is actually generated by alternative means, uh, depending on the climatic conditions. Um, You know, daylight will generate some solar, and uh, if it's windy, uh, we can get quite a high output. But the ultimate exercise is that it should all be powered by uh, alternative energies. And if you've got solar panels on your roof... Uh, you could be charging your EV effectively for free once you've made the investment. Uh, Any chance of getting a mathematical genius on to explain how Bus Connects works? Uh, Well, we will try to do that. Uh, The the whole idea is that you've got a whole series of main corridors and the buses are incredibly frequent, incredibly reliable, incredibly fast, much faster than uh, driving your car. And then you were fed into those corridors by smaller buses. That's the theory. So I'll leave that theory with you until we can find someone who'll explain it in more detail. Dee wants to know, how are EV batteries disposed of? Well, they're disassembled and recycled. Uh, Petrol may explode, says Sean, but putting out a battery fire is a lot more difficult. It takes a lot of time and needs specialist equipment. And that is so, Sean, those lithium fires are not easy to extinguish. And that's why you have nowadays on the, the planes, they say, if by any chance you notice heat or smoke coming from your mobile phone, alert the cabin crew. And then they say, if you drop your phone down the seat, please let us know or retrieve it as soon as possible because they don't want a a phone, for example, trapped between a cushion. The heat in the phone then will get hotter and hotter and perhaps could even start a fire. My Dacia 2016 cost €6,000, new EV, 40 to 50,000 euro for a decent new vehicle or 30,000 for a second hand with all the risks of a used battery. Uh, 20,000 for a decent set of solar panels with battery. I'm sorry, but what money is being saved? It's absolute madness, says a texter. And on uh, sport, football, or some people call it soccer, is not played in a school setting, as they generally are focused either on GAA or rugby. The FAI needs to target schools to develop the sport at a young age. Well, now it's competition time. All this week on the show, we're giving you the chance to relax and indulge with a two-night stay in two of Limerick's top hotels, the stunning five-star Savoy Hotel and the fabulous four-star George Hotel. Located right in the heart of the buzzing city centre, they're the perfect setting for a business get-together or a retreat for a chic city break. Check it all out at thesavoycollection.com. So... Our prize today, two-night stay at the four-star George Hotel in Limerick with breakfast each morning and dinner on one evening in the Italian-inspired restaurant Vincenzo's. And to be in with the chance to win, name this famous Limerick actor who played Dumbledore in some of the Harry Potter series. Harry, first, I want to thank you, Harry. You must have shown me real loyalty down in the chamber. Nothing but that could have called Fawkes to you. And, um... Second, I sense that something is troubling you. Am I right, Harry? If you know who that is, text the word hotel with your answer and name to us at uh, 5316 at a cost of 30 cent. William. Yes. 
This is your home. Uh-huh, right. It, it belongs to you. Yeah, all this is mine. I like my home. It's very nice. It has very nice taste in houses. I like Everything it. you see in this room is yours now. Uh-huh, this is my stuff. Your own personal property? Yeah, my own personal You understand? This is mine, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know what I like most about my place, Randy? The curtains, man. Look at the curtains. It's beautiful the way I got this place set up, man. This is something else. I like it. The cabinets and whatnot. Beautiful. I suppose uh, you're going to just give me this TV set for free, huh, Randy? That's right. Uh-huh. Everything in here is mine, huh? Oh, I guess the stereo is mine free, too, huh? Absolutely. This is too much for me, man. You know, I can really dig this, Randy. You know why? This kind of thing happens to me every week. This is your house. These are your personal possessions. You will only be stealing from yourself. Look, first you throw my ass in jail, right? Then you're gonna drive me out here and start running some garbage to me about this is my house, this is my personal rug, and then you're gonna tell me this is my personal slave, too. I understand how you feel, William, but the fact remains, all this is yours. You may do with it whatever you wish. This is my stuff in my place, huh? I can do what I want with this stuff, right? This, this is my vase here, right? This is Billy Ray's vase, right? I own this vase, and I can play like Harlem Globe try to shit with it in, right? Okay, you want me to let it, right? Hey, man, I'm sorry about that. Perfectly all right, William. It was your vase. That's a cheap vase, man. That was a fake, right? I think we paid $35,000 for it. But I seem to remember we estimated its value at $50,000 for the insurance company. <laughs> you see, Mortimer, William has already made us a profit of $15,000. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's a clip from Trading Places. As we go inside Hollywood, we're joined by Lisa Cannon, TV presenter, executive producer of A Spotlight. I've forgotten how funny that movie is. It's classic. You know, we're back in 1983, Eddie Murphy's breakout role. And of course, we're edging towards Christmas. So I'm trying to keep some Christmas themes in, in of course, every week that we're moving forward and then we'll go full throttle into December. But this week, it's all about the famous 1980s comedy movies. You know, last week we had the action heroes. Week before we had rom-coms. But Trading Places is one of the classics of comedy yeah. eras of the 1980s. Now, it is inspired by a previous work. That's right. Not, not many people know that Mark Twain is involved in the making of Trading Places. How funny. Uh, the Prince and the Pauper. So the plot is loosely based on Mark Twain's uh, book with a modern twist and directed by John Landis. But what's so wonderful about it is if most people have seen Trading Places. And if you haven't, I'm sure it's going to be on this Christmas. Um, it features Eddie Murphy in his breakout role. But it's, it's almost like Freaky Friday. You know, the Jamie Lee Curtis movie of of kind of swapping social commentaries on those that have money and those that yeah. don't. So you've Basically, done a point in there. Basically, he is a, a, a wise guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he would have light fingers, shall we say. And he's plucked uh, by these uh, two guys and swap places with their heir. Exactly. Trading places. And you've Randolph and Mortimer. Everybody knows them as those kind of genteel villains of that particular movie. Um, But I think what's so wonderful about it is the comedic talent and the timing of Eddie Murphy. And in the 1980s, they kind of introduced this new generation of talent. You've got Bill Murray in there, not particularly in this movie, but I'm just saying Steve Martin, John Candy. I mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis. Her role in this is very important in terms of being not only the love interest, but also her performance as a versatile actress, because we don't really see her in Halloween horror movies and then Hollywood tried to take a punt on her after this actually um, but the, the Christmas movie people kind of get confused because they say well isn't it you know set during the holiday season it's not exactly a Christmas movie mm. but it's become popular everybody knows it's always on the box at that particular time but really and truly it's kind of the financial jargon that's difficult to get a hold of as well you know because it's all set in in the uh, yeah. well, financial Was it term. actually shot 
in the trading floor? Yes, it was actually, Pat. Yes, it was. There was a scene depicting the commodities trading floor, which actually was the trading floor of the New York Mercantile Exchange. The first time a movie was actually allowed on the floor there. So, yeah, there you go. Wonderful trivia in terms of trading places, but I just love it. I mean, it it, it really is innovative. And I also think the kind of the social commentary between, I suppose, having money, not having money and the class dynamics and of also consumerism is huge in this movie. And that's what really drove the bus in the 1980s in terms of comedies. I mean, so many people knew, you know, and said to me, oh, I love the 80s bits that you're doing. Can you talk about Arthur? Can you talk about the Blues Brothers, Caddyshack, Aeroplane, Tootsie, which we will do, uh, National Lampoon's yeah. Vacation, so, um, many, so what, many. What about uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles? I love that movie. I know. I know. Oh, listen, it's one of my absolute favourites. John Hughes, uh, I, I, can't, I can't speak more highly of John Hughes as a comedic director. He wrote and directed, of course, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, 1984, forward with this one and uh, he'd also done Ferris Bueller's Day Off of course Home Alone which everyone will be watching yeah. now, now, now it's very timely we're talking about that because this is Thanksgiving weekend coming up Black That's Friday right. it's it's more famous for nowadays I suppose yes. but every American wants to get home for Thanksgiving indeed and, and that's, that's what this is all about and that's that's what this is all about and this is why I chose this movie so we have Steve Martin in there of course and the backdrop is Thanksgiving and um, Steve Martin goes on a tirade at a rental car desk and uh, it was actually mostly improvised by him because he's a great comedy actor and uh, Martin's outburst became one of the most memorable moments in the movie. Of course, we've cameos in there with Kevin Bacon. Um, but really, you know, John Candy's performance the late John is Candy, stunning. Absolutely fantastic. Stunning. Because you, d- it was the first time I think I saw John Candy and you take a dislike to this slob, basically, yeah. and yeah. he just endears himself as the movie goes on. Indeed. And of course, if you haven't seen the movie, I would urge you to watch it. Of course, I don't want to reveal it or be a plot uh, spoiler here on the show, but um, it really is the legacy of what John Candy is and his comedic timing and the vulnerability that he brings across with the character as well. It's so poignant. Uh, the music actually features quite heavily. Um, you know the Paul Young song, Every Time You Go Away, You yeah. Take a Piece of Me With You. It's beautiful. And it's right at that pivotal point in the movie where we see why the character is struggling so much. Um, the film is dedicated to John Candy, who actually passed away in 1994. And the dedication appears in the closing credits, of course, mm. of the movie as well but now, it's celebrated for its humour it's wonderful There are so, so many movies we could talk about uh, Airplane was a 1980 movie uh, uh, Arthur 1981 but the one we want to major on now is Tootsie because that's one of your favourites that's from 1982 That's right um, Look you know it's funny when you talk about comedies or you talk about movies of the, of the 1980s not many comedies get Academy Awards or even Academy Award nominations and I think this is clocking in at around 10 I'll just need to check my notes but Tootsie, uh, directed by Sidney Pollack at that time, was groundbreaking. Like, not only did it explore the themes of gender identity and, of course, the challenges that actors face in the entertainment industry, but it also was very much ahead of its time. And if you haven't seen Tootsie, ah, listen, there's obviously controversy about, you know, the discussion and representation of it nowadays, which we can talk about in a sec. But Dustin Hoffman's performance is outstanding. Not only the commitment to the role and the transformation as Dorothy Michaels, but also how he comes into character. He's a character actor. Now, he is a, 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 an actor who can't get a, a gig at all. Yes, cannot so, get a gig at all. So that's the premise of the movie. And he just gets so annoyed with the whole thing. And he decides to, uh, I suppose, audition for uh, a role in what would be called General Hospital. I can't remember the name of the hospital in it, but it's something along those lines. And you they know, use the set of the real soap. That's right. That's right. They do. And it's very cleverly done. So, of course, he goes to his agent and he dresses up 
and he explains that this is the character he wants to be. And there's so many improvised scenes, but the challenges in it is that, you know, it, it does explore the, the dedication to the craft of becoming a woman, but also what that means in terms of identity issues and I suppose the role play of male and yeah. female in, in the entertainment industry. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wonder what the woke generation seeing this for the first time would think of it. Yeah, I, there has been um, contemporary discussions about it in terms of the gender representation. I suppose it's the sensitivity around it. It is of its time. I think people need to understand that. Um, you know, I suppose it explores casting choices. People have said, well, why was Dustin Hoffman cast? Why wasn't there a female cast in the role? Um, you know, Well, one way or the other you're going to have, if the female is cast in the role, then she's got to look like a man in the first part of the movie. Indeed, indeed. So one way or the other you're going to have someone who's got to, if you like through makeup and prosthetics going to have to change. Absolutely. And I think it has to be seen, the premise of Tootsie has to be seen as it as it is at that time, the struggling male actor, um, you know, disguising himself as a woman to secure a role on a soap opera. But the stereotypes, I think, are explored. I think it's incredibly well crafted. Um, and I think, you know, let's let's touch on Jessica Lange's performance as well, because, of course, she won the Oscar um, Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress at the time. Her depth and humour is brilliant in it. But Dustin Hoffman, to me, is the standout role, you know, Um I think yeah. just what he put himself through, the wigs and the costumes, voice training, incredible. Well, we should remind ourselves that there were Oscars for comedies, as you mentioned, uh, in, in terms of uh, Tootsie, but uh, A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah, did you like I Fish I loved Cola? it. And Kevin Klein is absolutely brilliant. He got the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. That's right. They yeah. don't always dole out um, when it comes to Oscars for our comedies. But, you know, I mean, there's a rattle of, of a couple of them. Moonstruck is a big one. You know, 1987, of course, with Sure Ghostbusters. Didn't win any Oscars, but received two nominations for Best Original Song. But I know you like Fish Cold Wanda, yeah. Mm. Platoon is in there too. Good one. OK, Lisa Cannon, who's a TV presenter and executive producer of Spotlight. Thank you very much. We'll have news next. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.